And I think I'm just going to start referring to October as Reunion Month because the last two guests and today's guests are all making their second appearances on the show. And we haven't had any repeat guests before. And all three, by the way, are back for a reason. They're great former players and even better people. Plus, I enjoy talking to them. And that always helps. <laughs> so without further ado, I'd like to welcome back. I'm trying to think of the best title here uh, for you. Either Mr. King Wright 64 Why Shall Swap, AKA, AKA Holy Buckeye, or should it be Mr. 62 Comet Sync, AKA Matt Ryan's <laughs> first ass that went for a touchdown. You tell I like, me. I, I like all of those. I like all of those. I don't know, but <laughs> Holy Buckeye might be the shortest and the easiest. So. There you go. All right. Well, how you doing, Michael Jenkins? Doing great. How you doing? Good, man. You look good. Yeah, I'm in the scrubs again. Yeah, I'm going to, don't, don't worry. I'm going to ask you about that. But uh, <laughs> welcome back to Bird Noises, sponsored by Bose. All right. Don't get too excited here. All right, so you know, as you were just referencing, uh, our guests don't know this though, but uh, we had to push back the recording today for you, <laughs> my friend, because you had some serious business to attend to. And when I first got the call from, uh, well, well, we'll say your people, your handlers, management, <laughs> I got worried and thought you were in surgery. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, Michael's in surgery. Uh, but still really wants to come on to bird noises and talk to me. I was thinking, wow, I'm, should I feel worried about your well-being or flattered? And then I thought, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you got the scrubs on and without going into, you know, I don't want to divulge too much uh, detail, but uh, um I think what you do is pretty fascinating. You talked about it last time, but I, you know, the way I understand it, things are a little different right now. Uh, a little different, obviously, with the times that we're in, but hospitals are back. I mean, knocking out surgeries. Patients are coming back in and getting them done. Maybe that was postponed earlier. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of a little bit of normalcy there in the hospital. So I had a uh, an oral surgery type of case where some jaw um facial kind of reconstruction was going on so so it's a bit much but it's pretty cool to see and see what doctors can do with some of our equipment it's pretty crazy um so i remember last time you were on you were talking about selling um tools to to brain surgeons um sure. you're not are you still doing that cuz you know when i th i think when people first if they watch the video and not listen to the podcast, you're wearing scrubs and you're talking yeah. about being in surgery and they're thinking, well, why don't you just call him Dr. Michael Jenkins? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're, you are in there cause you're an assistant as well. It's a really cool, interesting thing you yeah. do. Are you still working exclusively with brain surgeons or just, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still do that. It's just, there's um, some specialties within the hospital that we can, kind of venture off into every now and then and oral is one um there's some cardiac guys i deal with a little bit you know a couple other cases so kind of a mixed bag there get to do uh, in the hospitals and sell equipment and assist in surgeries at times crazy awesome interesting 
crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, you you said let's stick with Mister or, or Holy Buckeye. Um, so you know, having lived in Ann Arbor myself as a kid and going to the big house to see my first ever football games, um, you know, I naturally wonder, you know, what wonder things about Buckeyes and Ohio State fans. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, I'm in a West Virginia. I'm a West Virginia alum, and all Michigan does now is steal our coaches. But uh, anyway, yeah. uh, still, still, you know, still a fan, but not like it used to be. So while we're on the topic of Buckeyes, uh, they're, you're, the Ohio State's looking pretty good right now, um, particularly a certain player from uh, Harrison High School in Kennesaw. Yeah, Mr. Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, you know, doing the whole plant-based diet right now. You yeah. know, so kids lost a few pounds and bulked up a little bit. And, you know, he came out that first game, uh, I think he was, what, 20 or 21? Um, and the one pass that they missed was a should have been a touchdown. The guy just when he hit the ground, the ball bounced out. So he could have went literally went twenty one for twenty one, uh, first game of the season. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah, some Falcons, as you can understand, we'll get into the Falcons here shortly. <laughs> but uh, some Falcons fans have already moved on to the draft. Yeah, uh, you know, with sitting at one and six, I get questions every day. I do a mailbag uh, about the draft, draft order, our team needs, free agent, salary cap, and so on. Um, but when the topic of quarterback comes up, mm-hmm. Mr. Justin Fields is one of the one of three names that comes up, Trevor Lawrence, Fields, and a uh, guy I like to watch, Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Fields as far as the next level and with the top college prospects? Uh, well, with Fields and – really all the top guys coming out, I mean, they, I think they'll fit right in right away. You kind of see it now with all the young guns um, across the league from uh, Mr. Kyler Murray to, you know, um, Wentz to Burrow to, I mean, you name it, Herbert goes on. Deck, yeah. These kids, I mean, they're coming in ready and they can move, they can get first down with the legs, they can extend plays. Um, you know, unless you're Tom Brady who can sit back there and not have to go anywhere. Um, everybody else is running around making plays, incredible plays all all around the field. So yeah. I think it kind of goes back to these guys, especially with, with Fields and those guys. Fields and, and what Trevor are on the same uh, Super 11 or Top 11, one of those teams, you know, battling each other and been doing seven on seven now since they were eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. So They've been reading coverages and throwing the receivers <laughs> for 15 years or so already, feels like. So they come in a lot more prepared this day and age. So I take it you're expecting him to go high and also expecting him to have it meet uh, immediate success wherever he goes for the most oh, part at this point. Oh, for sure, yeah. I think so. I think there was a super early mock draft that had him at like 20, um, which you never know yeah. what could happen. <laughs> that's low yeah that's low you know still first round but that's pretty low considering so I, I still think he'll be top five um yeah, he plays the way he did last weekend throughout you know throughout these eight games and into the playoffs yeah he uh I think he's right back in the Heisman conversation too um you know I think he's oh yeah yeah I think he's up for all of that um last thing on your Buckeyes um you know they got a big one 
coming up with Penn State, but do you feel a little bit more confident or no after uh, the Nittany Lions uh, lost that one-point game to the Hoosiers in overtime, 36-35, I think it was, up there. Uh, thoughts on that one? I really didn't want to. I really didn't want to see them lose that game because uh, I just it was already a big game coming up. But it just heightens it even more. Where James Franklin and that crew up there, they don't want to start out zero and two in the Big Ten. Um, so they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna come with their A game, which we knew they would. But it's just it's just heightened even that much more with them losing yeah. to start the season. So. Uh, Coach Day, he'll have them ready. It'll be a, it'll be a big showdown, and you know, um, I'm sure my Buckeyes will come out on top. You look a little uneasy about this. <laughs> <laughs> For those who can't see, uh, you were looking around, kind of yeah. rubbing that beard of yours a little bit. You look a little yeah. Like, I mean, we you know we've had our struggles anxiety. with State. You know, we've you know we've gone down there, and you know. There won't be no crowds, so the whole whiteout and everything and all that stuff won't we'll deal with that. But yeah. still, they're still a tough opponent every time we play them. All right. Well, before we get into new material here, I gotta. There's just things I have to follow up on with you. So forgive me here, but uh, I didn't learn until wait. You were on episode number four. It was like when the show this, oh, yeah. this podcast first started, and. Yeah. Uh, didn't know until well into the podcast uh, that you have an amazing shoe collection. <laughs> and I only found that out because I was kind of, you know, I remember I had been stalking your Twitter account. And, uh, yeah. and I was like, so I, so I got three quick questions for you. Do, what right. are you wearing right now? What's the last pair you bought? And then uh, what's the total number up to these days? Okay. Or have you just sold it off and no. bought your wife a sports car or something? Uh, so pairing I was wearing today were acronym gray and black Prestos. Okay. Kind of special edition Nike Presto, uh, which is my, my OR shoe, the shoe I wear in OR because I got stand on my feet. So they're super comfortable. All right. Um, last shoe I bought was, what time is it? 4.55? <laughs> it was four hours and 55 minutes ago. At 12 <laughs> no wonder you were late for the show. You weren't in surgery. You were sitting no. there looking on the Nike app or yeah, whatever. 12, 12 noon, I get a notification on my phone that uh, Nike had a shock drop. You know, where, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. You know okay. The shoe was supposed to release November 20, 28th. Mm. And they just... Early drop. You know, you know, early drop. Surprisingly, just dropped it today at 12 noon. And I was able to grab a pair. Nike 4 Fire Reds. <laughs> Yeah, Nike tab on the back. They haven't come out in about 20 years like that. So yeah, it was a pair I had to pick up. All right. <laughs> um, I, I, I got to admit, I've, I, I kind of caught the bug there a little bit too. I'm, I'm wearing some, some Jumpmans right now. There we go. Uh, but uh, you, you either love the Jumpmans or hate them. But uh, so that, uh, all right. I hate, sorry to interrupt, but the total number is up to what guesstimation? I started counting one day and I stopped. <laughs> Um, because I didn't want to know the final number. Um, and at the time, I was at 300. So there's okay. there's 300 plus. Hopefully, they're insured. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, is so I I know you got the ones that dropped early. Um, when that that I was going to ask you, is there a pair out there that you just covet? Um, sounds like that was one. But is there a pair out there that 
maybe an old an old model or something that you just haven't been able to get your hands on that you just are just dying to to buy or are you or have you bought them all? No, I haven't bought them all. <laughs> My wife would kill me if I bought bought them all. <laughs> um, but there's a pair called Jordan Fragment Ones. They're they're blue, white, and black. Fragment uh, Ones, okay. I know the Condor, I think the Condor 11s are really popular. Yeah, those they're... are very popular. These, I mean, these are, this pair now, I mean, they retailed obviously for 160, 170. Yeah. But right now, resale market, it's almost like the black market. I mean, they're over $3,000. So, oh. oh, yeah. All right. They won't be, they won't be entering the collection anytime soon. Sell the Tesla stock and start <laughs> investing in Nike. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's a good segue. Um, so as you know, there's been some changes here with the Falcons. You played from – I'm just pulling – I'm cheating here. I'm looking at my, my sheet. You, you played uh, from 2004 to 2012 – um, you played with the Falcons from 2004 to 2010, mm-hmm. and then 2011 and 2012 with Minnesota. Yep. Uh, finished with 354 catches, 4,427 4, yards, and 25 touchdowns. While you were in Atlanta, though, you played for four coaches. Mm-hmm. Jim Mora, Emmett Thomas, Bobby Petrino, and Mike Smith. You had is, is one midseason coaching change, like the these current Falcons are right. going through right now. Uh, you know, as you know, they parted ways with Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov mm-hmm. after that Carolina loss um, on October 11th. Was which was it's great as crazy as it sounds. It was only 16 days ago was at the time of this recording. Anyway, this will be out I think Thursday, but uh, and we play Carolina Thursday night. But I asked Jesse Tuggle this, and I asked Harry Douglas this. Uh, he went through a coaching change with the Titans, not the Falcons. Mm-hmm. But Jesse went through one here. But I want to ask you, as a player, now at that at the time of the change, I think you uh, they had they had played thirteen games because Emmett Thomas went one and two, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so your season was pretty much decided at, at that point. Uh, you know, Raheem Morris took over with 11 games, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, what is going through your mind when there's a midseason coaching change? What was it like going through it for you? Um, how did the players channel the emotions? You know, I won't get into what Harry and, and Jesse said, but because um, I just I'm curious what you think and what you went through, you know, whether it was a self-preservation mode or where you were felt like you were under the microscope or had something to prove or were you just kind of like, just want to get this over with kind of thing. Um, but there's tons of incentive for pro players uh, contractually and just pride and you're a pro. So you tell me, you guys end up finished four and 12 last in the division that year. And as noted, Bobby, was three and 10 when he was, when he left. Mm-hmm. Talk about that situation and what it was like on the team and players and conversations. So like, cause I think fans wonder what goes through a player's mind, especially now that it's happened here yeah. this year, you know, um, 
and we'll get into you know what's happened on the field but later but um well if you kind of go back to the beginning of that year uh they hired Petrino mm-hmm. and you know we thought we were going to have this great offense come in with his leadership and have at the time number seven Michael Vick running the show right um so all the stuff happens with Vic before the season. Mm. And he's got PETA standing outside Flowery Branch right at the gate every day for training camp. Trying, you're trying to pull in just to go to practice and dealing with, you know, every media question about Vic instead of about the season. Oh, um, I hadn't realized the PETA stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was all. So all that year Oof. Um, was, was just different. It was, it was difficult to go to work and enjoy work because um, you had Petrina who came in and just wasn't the best person. I mean, you can forget all the coaching and, you know, X's and O's, but just around the locker room and the environment and the atmosphere that he kind of brought with him, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a great workplace environment at that time. Um, so, but being pros and being paid, you know, the amounts of money that guys are being paid to play this game. You come in, you go to work, you put your head down, and you just you just grind. Um, so we. So I'm, sen- I'm sensing that like maybe there was a faction or or the a feeling of relief almost. Um, I don't know if I don't want to after the fact. Initially, initially maybe not. Um, okay. Because. It was more, I would say, more anger than relief at first because of the way it happened. Yeah. Um, I want to say we played a night game or maybe a late afternoon game. We had just lost. And I remember Petrino saying, you know, proud of you guys for the way you fought. Um, Love the group of men in here. You know, kind of one of those speeches. And, you know, we'll see you guys on Wednesday or whenever we had practice. Um, And then go out to dinner. Myself. Uh, spouse, a couple other guys and their spouses, and all of a sudden breaking news. Uh, and you see Coach Petrino doing pig suey <laughs> on ESPN while we're all at dinner, you know? Oh. So that's more so where the anger comes from, where he didn't say anything to anybody, not even the coaches. Um, you know, Arthur basically had to force him to come back and tell the coaches face-to-face that he was leaving. Um, and we only got a letter in our lockers, so we never we never even saw him. But he had to at least come back and tell the coaches face to face that he was gone. So after that kind of anger and frustration, not great, Bob. Hey, yeah, goes through. Then you go through. Okay, this is relief. Et Emma Thomas gets named interim head coach, and you know we're all kind of pumped and jazzed about that. So you want to go out and win every game for Et. Yeah, um, yeah. I was going to ask you about about him and and just trying to trying to salvage those three games and, and play hard for him too. I don't know if that was like a, a sentiment. Yeah, it was. And everybody respected him, offensive guys, obviously the defensive guys because they're with him all the time. But everybody loved E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, know what he did as a player back in the days for the Chiefs and then being a coach for so long, um, he had nothing but respect for him. So it, it made us want to go out and play even harder just just for him. Yeah. Good stuff. Tough stuff. Um, uh, so I want to ask you this. Uh, it's been a tough season uh, with some tough losses. 
Um, but looking back in your career, what was the toughest loss that you ever endured at Ohio State, Atlanta, Minnesota? Um, what was the hardest loss that you just went through? There's no right or wrong here. Oh man, we're not. You don't have to say it's. You no, know, you're 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 you got the digital Rolodex going right now, trying to uh, <laughs> recall so many so many games over the years. Um, but it's it's weird. Like I watch this game, I watch these games and the way they're losing, and I just never remember losing games the different ways that they've lost games. Yeah, we'll get we're, we'll get into that. We're gonna. So get for me, that. it's just uh, I don't know. Obviously, because we were so close for me, even as as a rookie in 04, losing to Philly at Philly with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, that's tough. It was, I mean, and, you know, and it wasn't like anything crazy or bizarre really happened. It was just tough because opponent. On the, yeah, tough opponent on the road, crazy conditions. I mean, I remember Chris Moore kicked the punt, and it went literally like 12 yards in the air just because mm-hmm. the wind caught it, and it wouldn't get downfield. So, um, you yeah, know, that's that was a definitely tough, a tough one. A, venue, a, lot, a lot on the line. Yeah, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Tough crowd uh, up there oh in yeah. Philly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Philly fans pelting the bus with snowballs and everything. So that's one yeah. thing you, you, you miss. You, and the guys won't get a taste of this year with no fans. Yeah. Games, so. Yeah, I know. It's It kind of stinks in that regard. Um, it stinks big time. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I was going with this. Um Forget the four previous years with this team. And just look at this season, um, especially when you look at the losses to the Cowboys, the Bears, and then this past Sunday. How do you explain to the casual fan, you know, how you, how does that happen? What, what is it? Is it bad luck? Is it something deeper? And then does that get into your head as a player? You know, when you're in a tight game, do you start – you know, playing not to lose. Jesse Tuggle was saying, mm-hmm. you know, he was watching the Minnesota game in the body language. And he said, guarantee it. You type, t- you know, pop in the week one, week two. And, you know, he said he was watching the linebackers, but he said, you look at the body language. And there's a difference when, it, when a team is playing not to lose or, ver- or versus playing to win. Mm-hmm. Um or does or does after a while when you get into crunch time does logic go out the window because you want to you're so hell bent on trying not to lose? I don't know. You tell me what's what is the the what are the players going through? Because you always hear that hey, you know what? They're pros. They what's in the past is the past. We want to go one and zero this week, and every game is different. Every opponent is different, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. I don't know. You, you, you say, tell me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, these guys are pros, but they're human. I mean, they're, exactly. you know, there's that subconscious thought that let's go to, let's go to Dallas and the defense is on the sideline. And um, was it Gage? I think Gage was in the Wildcat and threw the bomb to Julio and Julio misses it. Like, yeah, weird. Like just okay. So then, even me as a fan, you know, for a player, I'm beautiful like, pass too. Yeah, beautiful I'm, pass. I'm kind of like, I was at that moment. I was like, uh oh, this is like, weird. This, yeah, this is weird. You know, and then Dallas scores, and you know, 
or Chicago, and you know they come down and score real quick, and I'm like, so even as a player, as a sideline, whether it's offense or defense, when you're out, you, it happens where you're like, dang, like not a, not again, not right now, and then you try to go on the field and do everything you can to stop it from happening, but then just things just happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just out of your control. Where, um, you know, we talked about with some of my coaches over the years. They're like the good teams in the league make plays and make the game winning plays to win games. Bad teams is just bad things just keep happening. Mm. Still mm-hmm. and to the casual fan, you're like, well why? You yeah. know? And it's it's a lot of things that go into it between coaching and, and a lot of it is talent. Um there it, there is a lot of talent on this team, but it's missing some talent that could really help them get to the next level. Um, I played on teams where especially early on with the Falcons we had a really we may not have had a ton of big names mm-hmm. but we had a defense that could get after a quarterback cause mm-hmm. turnovers consistently mm-hmm. every game so even if the offense didn't go out and have to score 40 points you know we could have a 14 point game and the defense only give up 12 and we win yeah you know? That's um, huge. Yeah. So that's it's things like that that we're missing where we don't have that, you know, unfortunately that dominant pass rusher um in in defense right now that can stop people, especially late in games. Yeah. So I guess what you're saying is it's it's a little bit of everything. It's it's uh some of it's just stays there mm-hmm. in your head and some of it's just a talent situation at certain positions and um I don't know. I, I felt I really felt for um Todd Gurley this past week because here's a guy who's coming in. Um he's on pace to rush for eleven hundred yards and score sixteen touchdowns. He's within the top five right now. He's tied for the league 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 lead in touchdowns scored. Um and you know some fans are saying that, you know, they're, they're not dedicated to the run or they're not using them right. But on that play, that first and first and goal on the 10, you know, he tried to stop and, and do the right thing and momentum carried him in. And, and, you know, he had been beating himself up and Raheem said, you know, he, he put it on him, but it's just tough on top of it. It's like, you know, adding insult to injury kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough to, to watch a really good, you know, a good player um, have to be defensive yeah. after scoring a, touch, a right. touchdown. Justify, justify scoring a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, yeah. it's, it's, the Lions had no timeouts left and, you know, you take a knee or you go into victory formation and it's game mm-hmm. over with a chip shot. If you make it. Yeah. Um, they were still down by two at that point. So, yeah, it's just tough to watch, you know. Um, I don't know if you were feeling empathy or frustration, whatever, but a lot of fans are all over the place on the emotions of that one. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like you said, that's that's tough. They and they've talked about they discussed going down, not scoring, um, and then it's it's weird as a player when you run through a line and then a guy starts to tackle you and you're trying to run through him and then he gives up. And you're still going forward um, to just ultimately just stop yourself. Um, it's just it's just unnatural. Yeah. So uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that. 
Yeah, and it's, you're in the heat of gameplay. Yeah. You're a competitor, you see that goal line, and your instinct is get there at all costs. And, right. and then say, oh, wait. Yeah. Um, you are listening to Bird Noises, episode number 20, 22, with Michael Jenkins, presented by Bose. Uh, just a programming note, this should be out Thursday, but we have our own new channel on iTunes and Spotify now. We are no longer under Falcons Audible, so be sure to check that out. Bookmark them, subscribe, and if you want to give us a nice, generous rating, that would be awesome too. Um, so, Michael Jenkins, where does this team go right now? They they're one and six. They've got the Bucks twice, the Saints twice, the Chiefs, a decent Raiders team, the Chargers out in L.A. They got the Broncos. And and as noted, they got the Panthers on Thursday night. Yeah, um, that's not an easy slate. Um, they're not mathematically eliminated, but as a player, when you you don't you, I'm guessing you don't even think about the last week of the season at this point, especially this season with yeah. with COVID and the injuries and mm-hmm. an alarming amount of injuries. By the way, yeah. Um, I don't know what your take is on that, but what are realistic expectations right now for this team in your mind? Um, well, unfortunately for them, they've been here before just last year, starting out one and seven. Yep. Finishing what, six and two. Yep. Um, you know, getting to seven and nine. So, which shoot, seven and nine in the NFC East, you might win the, <laughs> win the <laughs> division by, by two games at seven and nine, you know? So, um, you know, it's the old cliche, just one, one day, one game at a time. You win against a division opponent, Carolina. Okay. And then you just start to break it down. Guys get back healthy. Um, you know, try to win one more. And it's, you know. Is that the mindset of a player? That's, that's all you can do. That's all yeah. you can really do. There's nothing, there's no, you can't worry about what's going on outside the, outside your your room, your locker room. So you can't worry about what the Bucks are doing, what the Saints are doing. You can only worry about that week, that game, you know, mm-hmm. that game. So they can win that game, close out that game, try to build momentum on that game. Um, you know, who knows? I know the Colts maybe two or three years ago started one in five, made the playoffs. So, like you said, they're not mathematically out of it yet. Um, and you fight as hard as you can. And even if you do get – technically out of the playoffs guys are still fighting because there's a lot of change coming next season. Um, You don't know with the staff, what that staff's going to do, who they're going to want to keep. And they're going to look at all 16 games to see who played all the way through the season. So guys have to play hard all year. Yeah. Um, You would hope players would play hard no matter what, but it's got to be in the back of your mind too, um, that everything, you know, is on film and, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's all you can do. You know, a lot of fans look at it so differently, and and I don't know how the players block it out, or they just, you know, I don't know how much you uh, Twitter was, if Twitter was a thing that you uh, had to deal with when you played in your career a lot, but social media in general, uh, it's just, it's bizarre. Uh, some of the things that are are said, um, but fan, you know, some fans are like, what, well, hey. Right now we're we're top five draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? 
Right. What do, why are we winning four games? Yeah. Or why are we winning? Why would? Why do we want to be seven and nine and pick fifteen or sixteen? Mm-hmm. That's what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, but uh, and on the on the other hand is is you know what if this team gets somehow gets hot because it's happened. It's happened. Mm-hmm. And with the expanded expanded playoff format. Yep. Hey. Hey, so, you, so, you, so you're telling yeah. me there's a chance. Yes, I am. <laughs> and they just, they, I'm sure if they could see me face to face or in person, they'd kick me. But, uh, you know, it's true. I have to point that out. So yeah. it's interesting. Um, Very. Yeah. That's. Uh, and, yeah. And guys, I mean, people that think about, you know, top five picks for next year, obviously they're thinking about a quarterback. Um, and there's a lot that goes behind that. Cause even if, we do happen to have a top five pick. Um, Matt's not going anywhere, at least for next year, uh, with people that understand the salary cap and how that works and how much money Matt would be owed if he is <laughs> released. Yeah. Um, and the salary cap is cut down by a lot next year due to decreased revenue without fans in the stands. So it's a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, yeah, they could still draft someone to have him sit for a year and be kind of like a Pat Mahomes type thing, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a long ways away. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, uh, who the next GM is and, mm-hmm. you know, their lineage and type of players they've picked and type of coach he will, he'll want and the type of scheme they're going to run. And, exactly. and, uh, if, you know, has he always had a mobile quarterback or can he adjust and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt Ryan's not a bad quarterback. He's a pretty good guy to right. still playing at a pretty good high level. And, I got him uh, on my fantasy team, so. <laughs> <laughs> Matt can still sling it and get it done. I, Matt, you know, you talk about deficiencies on this team or holes, if you will. I'm, you know, people always want to talk about the quarterback, and I always say there are bigger issues than Matt Ryan on this team. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well. In looking down the road and, and all this talk about down the road, I know we got to wrap this up, but uh, you do know what December 12th is, right? December 12th. Yeah. Uh, that would be a Saturday. <laughs> Am I correct? That is correct. How'd you know that's a Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> the game. The game, yeah. You always know that day. You know, even if even on an adjusted schedule, you know that day. <laughs> All I'm going to say is expect a text from me on uh, the 13th. Okay. All right. I, I'm just just saying. There we go. We got some. Been, I mean, the track record of the last 10 years has not been good. <laughs> I've been in your favor. <laughs> I know, but I'm just I'm watching this Aiden Hutchinson and and some of these other guys, and I don't know. I'm just feeling good. They got. Amazing blue vibe, uh, which will <laughs> could go away really quick. So, all right, Michael, you know, I got to I, I got to wrap this up with you, and I really appreciate you squeezing us in uh, post surgery. Um, <laughs> it's just bizarre to say that. Um, but before we wrap up, I have to ask you the all important question. And uh, you know, last time I I asked you this question, you said, "Well, it needs some work." Mm-hmm. So I gotta ask you. Okay. What do you? How are you feeling these days about the name bird noises? You still think it needs some work, or have you kind of, 
you warmed up to it at all or, or what, you know, and we're still trying to get the t-shirts and the, and the, you know, some kind of trophy or something for guests. And I know I owe you too now, but, uh, um, hopefully it's in the budget. Dan, Dan Gad, if you're listening, Dan sure. budget. Yeah. Uh, so, but the budget should be pretty healthy right now. You know, guys are at home. You're not having to travel to the studio. And, you know, everybody's, you know, expenses are cut down right now. <laughs> uh, didn't you just mention there's no fans in the uh, state? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Um, all right. So what's what's the verdict? Be honest. Well, it really has, honest. It has grown on me. Okay. That's good. I was, I was, I was show number, episode number four. So it was, you know. Yep. Little news, little you know, what kind of noises are we using and all this and that? What type of birds are we using? Um, <laughs> but bird noises, I, I like it. All right, not every you know, Dan Quinn and Jeff Albrook said it needed some juice, and yeah, um, uh, Caleb McGarry loved it. Uh, yeah. Jesse Tuggle absolutely loves it. In fact, he gave us our new slogan. He says, you got to keep up what's happening in the nest. And he says, you got to, you got to hear those noises. There you go. I like it. CeeLo uh, from, uh, you know, Goody Mob was on. And uh, I don't know if you heard that one, but uh, CeeLo said he wanted to call it uh, bird. <laughs> and he loved it. He loved the idea because he is, it cuts through the noise and, yeah, you know, and he wanted, you know, he wanted in on the residual and stuff. Oh, so. I'm sure. There's an yeah. ulterior motive behind that. Yeah, and uh, I forget who else. What, what other? What other guy? Uh, what did Harry say? What did he? He went nuts the very first time he came on the whole yeah. show. He was making bird noises. Yeah. And then I got <laughs> then I got serious, Harry. Yeah. And uh, you know. Yeah. He said, you know, he's all he's all professional now. He's on he's, ESPN he told, and Fox and. What yeah. happened? I mean, yeah. he just, yeah, he went all serious business. Yeah, like, he should have had a suit on. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, I'm sorry, Harry, but I was disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he uh, he said he loved with a capital L, bird. No. Um, but he's, 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 he said he's okay with bird. Noise, so. There we yeah. go. There you go. Sounds like it's a, it's a little higher percentages for, for like than unlike. Yeah, it's 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 definitely uh, winning the uh, if there were an election mm-hmm. um, since it's the season for elections, yeah. it, it would be leading the polls right now. So. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Hey, um, it's always awesome. You look great, and appreciate you coming on. It's always a lot of fun for me. So, uh, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for carving out time. The, appreciate the invite back. Yeah. Oh, of course. Must have, done, must have done something right the first time, or really, I just can't get anybody else on. So, <laughs> not true. Hey, we got we got hey we got some names lined up. There we go. But uh, no, it was when uh, Brindley from Player Players Affairs uh, uh, called and said and mentioned you, I was like, yes, please. So, <laughs> no, man, it was awesome, and thanks for coming on. Uh, Thanks for having me.